Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. What is a teraflop? Uh, a million flops. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. We're back with episode 65 of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast with an all-star manual to get you going. I've got Scott Carey, online editor of Tech World. Hello. Uh, Lewis Painter, senior staff writer at Macworld and Tech Advisor. Hello. And staff writer of those titles, Don Preston as well. Hey. We've got two topics for you this week, and we will try not to mansplain any of them. You'll see why later. Uh, but first of all, we're going to start off in sunny Los Angeles, I believe, gentlemen, uh, with E3. Yes. What do the E's stand for? Uh, oh, God, it is because there are three E's. Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yes. Oh, you're good. Okay. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's a lot of games, so I hear. Many, many and so games. I have been made to write about. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Dom and Lewis in particular, why don't you tell us why everyone should so- be so excited about um, a nerdy games event? Uh, well, I mean, it's, E3 is the biggest nerdy games event of the year. Every <laughs> that year. was said with it love, been not for a while. With, uh, yeah. <laughs> not, with, not with scorn. So it's kind of when most of the big companies uh, hold their biggest game announcements and hardware announcements. Uh, so the big, big news this year was uh, the Xbox One X, which is Microsoft's new mid-generation console. Why didn't they just stick with Scorpio? Oh, I know, uh, Scorpio is a horrible name no. made by a 12-year-old boy. Uh, and But Xbox One X is sort of rubbish in its own way because it sounds exactly like Xbox One S, which is their other console. Which uh, is the tremendous of, confusion. So the Xbox One S, for the listener, is a slightly souped-up version of the Xbox One. Yeah, so it's, it plays all the same games, but it will sort of do uh, 4K graphics at 60 frames per second, in theory. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just it's the same stuff, but more powerful hardware to play the same things and so make them all look better. what's the X? Uh, X-Stream. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so were you just describing the X there, or the S? The S, oh, so the, that was yeah, the X. Yeah. The X is the souped up one. The S is, <laughs> is, is the just, it's it's a slightly redesigned Xbox One. You can't buy the original Xbox One anymore. The Xbox One S is basically the same console in a slightly smaller, prettier case. Okay. And a very minor hardware tweak, but nothing that matters. It's got 4K, play, uh, 4K media playback as well, doesn't it? But not yeah. game support. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, so now if you want an Xbox One, you can get that Xbox One S, or from later this year, you can buy the Xbox One X. Um, and yeah, it, it it's sort of the X is 
a rival, I guess, to the PlayStation 4 Pro. Yeah. Though Microsoft are talking some absolute nonsense about that. Oh. And, and Microsoft <laughs> are claiming that the PlayStation 4 Pro is so underpowered compared to the Xbox One X yeah. that the PlayStation 4 Pro is actually a rival to the Xbox One S, their like, lower-spec console, okay. um, which uh, has just been met with howls of derision by everyone in games media <laughs> because this is plainly not true. Okay. They've got to say something, though, right? Yeah. They've got to talk it up somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it is fair. The Xbox One X is is so the PlayStation Four Pro is Sony's sort of more powerful version of the PlayStation Four, so it's, it's in that same kind of place. Mm-hmm. The One X is definitely more powerful than the Pro. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. What is a teraflop? Uh, a million flops. That what he said. <laughs> I'm going to cut just that audio <laughs> and use it as my text tone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even um, know if that is actually it. <laughs> maybe right, maybe right. a million flops. I like that. I yeah, like that. So um, the way I understand it, we were talking about this previously, is that this is like a sort of a stopgap console for Xbox before they release their big next gen one, which will go up against PlayStation's next. Gen it's, it's, it's a really weird kind of idea because um, it's the first time they've done this kind of mid-generation upgrade. Yeah. Uh, usually, you know, consoles are quite weird in the fact that they'll be um, kind of in line with PC when they're released, but yeah. then. Throughout the years, PC becomes stronger, console stays the same, and then they'll bring out the new one, yeah. which is the same with the PS3. Um, but yeah, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X kind of signifies that you know PC gaming, uh, you know power and the, the the kind of graphics behind these games. It, you can't wait. You can't wait five, six, yeah. seven years for another console, yeah, because you'll be left so far in the dust. It's insane. I think it's also a question of them tapping into that. I think basically the games console manufacturers have been eyeing up the way the phone market works yeah. where people will replace their handset every two years and they're just looking saying hang on we're waiting asking people to replace their console every six years like, why are we waiting that long to make <laughs> someone spend another few hundred quid on some new hardware yeah um and I, mean, I was kind of half hoping that the uh, xbox one x would be uh, modular and kind of upgradable there was some rumor yeah. about that before it was announced like a officially. pc like a yeah. pc yeah. exactly i mean that to me makes so much sense because you know, instead of having these these big launches every few years, you can just switch it out as, as you go. I suppose along. for the mass market, what they need to do is try and get people spending who who won't want to do that because yeah, yeah. isn't the mostly the attraction of these consoles is people don't want to fuss about with it's, uh, yeah, upgrading. It's, it's the simplification that you can just buy one thing and, and that plays all the games that you know for that console, and you yeah. don't have to mess around with and it. the you games you already own as well. Screw with yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. And how much is it? Four hundred and fifty pounds mm-hmm. in the UK, five hundred dollars in the US. Is that good? Uh, I I think it's a bit high. I don't know. I was expecting around five hundred pounds. Right. Based on what they were saying before it launched, they were like, "This is not going to be a standard device. This is going to be a high end premium device. You're going to pay more for it." So I thought they were they were kind yeah. of raising everyone's expectations yeah. about fifty price. sounds all right. It's okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's cheaper than the equivalent PC. Yeah, it's definitely you know if you tr- try and build a PC with that hardware, you'd pay a lot more. But it is a hundred pounds and a hundred dollars. Uh, more than the PlayStation 4 Pro, which is its oh, closest okay. console right. equivalent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then in two years, so they want you to spend the equivalent <laughs> yeah. again. But you've also got to think in terms of the way that, you know, it's not coming out till November 7th, I think. Mm-hmm. So Sony Christmas. has five <laughs> months to announce a price drop on the PS4 Pro and yeah. turn that £100 gap into a £150 gap. Yeah, And it's hard not to see them doing that just to really stick one up to Microsoft yeah. and uh, make it look like a really poor value proposition. Well, that's obviously why... Uh, Microsoft is so keen to big up how much more powerful it is because they exactly. can probably recognise the, the threat of that. Yeah, they don't want that comparison. They want it to sit in its own class yeah. above the PS4 Pro. 
I'm not sure Sony's that fussed, to be honest, though, because they, they announced recently that they've sold 60 million PS4s and PS4 Pros, <laughs> no. and that's nothing compared to Microsoft's and the Xbox One. They, they yeah. didn't announce numbers for so long because they were so low compared it's, to PS4. It's, they're really, definitely flagging yeah. in sales, Microsoft. Um, my, my little bro finally traded his uh, Xbox in for a PS4 Pro the other day, and I've never been more proud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel so happy right now. It was a great, it was a great moment. <laughs> is that what part of this war is, then? They have to keep one-upping each other to try and... Because well, people are obviously loyal to their brand. Mm-hmm. Are people going to switch to PlayStation because of this? Because of a price difference? Um, I think it's, it's more than one thing. I think if it's yeah. if it's cheaper and the games are better because Sony, ha- you know, while, while uh, Microsoft were pushing the hardware this year, Sony have been pushing the games and the exclusives that are coming to PS4. Yeah, so what, what, what we got? Days Gone. Days Gone is a big what PS4 that, exclusive that? they're pushing. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's the kind of their new zombie game okay. for PS4 that's coming out. But it looks very different to kind of the standard zombie game because in, in most zombie games like Resident Evil, you kind of face up against and then three or four or five zombies at any one time. But in this game, it's it's kind of scaled up. So you're being chased by like 20, 30, 40 yeah. zombies all at once through no, this kind of open no world. <laughs> you have to kind of work out ways, like, you know, while Not you're running, you're running away from this stuff. <laughs> you have to make sure that you have to kind of work out ways to get rid of them in time, take them out bit by bit and, you know, whittle those numbers down until it's something manageable for you to take out. And that kind of thing seems so exciting because that's so different to what you've got at the moment. Can't wait for that. Is that VR as well? No, sadly not. I wish it was. (laughs) But also in terms of exclusive, like on the Horizon Horizon with PS, you've got two big ones coming, haven't you? You've got, I don't know if these are both exclusive, so you can correct me, but um, Last of Us and Red Dead. Uh, Last of Us Part 2. Last of Us Part 2 will be exclusive. Uh, Red Dead won't be. But they're also, they're two we didn't see anything more of at E3. I was really good. They were both no-shows. What what games-wise were you excited about at E3 then? Uh, So, I mean, the big one for me, I think, well, there were two big ones, but Beyond Good and Evil 2, uh, was really exciting for me. So that's a sequel to so a cult classic PS2 Xbox GameCube era game. Uh, so it was 2003 the first one came out. Yeah. They started, they announced they were making a sequel in 2008, released the first teaser wow. trailer, 2008. <laughs> uh, since then, there was some leaked footage, so 2010, 2011. A couple times it was claimed to be on hold, then back in development, then back on hold, then publisher said it was on hold the developers said it wasn't on hold then the development studio <laughs> shut down but the team that were somewhere else started making it again and <laughs> it's sort of about october last year they finally confirmed it was actually back in production like, fully they're actually making it like chinese democracy by guns and roses <laughs> but when yeah. that came out after 20 years it was crap yeah so is this going to be crap that is the fear so <laughs> they put all they've shown at e3 was a cinematic trailer which looked absolutely fantastic so it's a big like sort of sci-fi thing weirdly for a sequel uh, so it's a number of sequels just called Beyond Good and Evil 2, but it's actually a prequel, um, which is a bit odd, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but they've so gone... easily just called it Before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so the big, the big uh, question mark here is it's very early in development and they are being hugely ambitious about what they say they want to do. They want to do a big open world sci-fi game. They want to do that sort of No Man's Sky thing where it's all procedurally generated universe. That that could go wrong. Except they're claiming to be able to do all the things No Man's Sky couldn't do. So they're saying you can go straight from ground up to space, (laughs) like seamlessly get into a ship on the ground and fly it straight up. No like cutscene loading in between. Oh, okay. Uh, They're talking like amazing kind of nonsense stuff. Like the star systems are all actually going to be generated with actual planets orbiting suns. And that will then affect how the sunset and sunrise look when you're on a planet. That is actually determined by the position of those orbiting like celestial bodies, uh, stuff like that. So there's a lot they're trying to do. 
they're very early on. We have no idea. They haven't even announced platforms yet. We don't know when it will come out, what it'll look like. But there was a trailer at E3. There was a big cinematic trailer, so no so gameplay, gameplay, just CG no. footage, um, which cop, looked very cool. Cop out. Um, <laughs> the, the difference between this and No Man's Sky is it's a much bigger team. It's from Ubisoft, so they're one of the world's biggest publishers. It's a big team working on it. There's a lot of money behind it, uh, whereas No Man's Sky was obviously started out as a very small yeah, project. True. So, um, But yeah, there's a lot of question marks, but it looks pretty exciting. Mm. What about you? Oh, it's a hard choice. Hard choice. It's between Assassin's Creed Origins and Far Cry 5 for me. And Assassin's uh, Creed Origins, you can buy a £700 version of it. It's (laughs) absolutely insane. (laughs) Actually, tell me, Don, what comes with that? Uh, You get some... You get a scimitar. (laughs) You get a a sort of 30-inch tall numbered statue. You get, obviously, all those season pass DLC. You get a hand-drawn map. Uh, A few other things. It's absolutely... A bag it's, of Jake it's, it's hair. It's totally <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing in it to be worth seven hundred pounds. So yeah, I'll just be paying for the uh, standard version. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's Prince of Persia, isn't he? He's, oh, not, he's, he's not Assassin's Who Creed. Who is Assassin's the Creed? Fast. Is it Fast Yes. Good Prince of Persia reference, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the Assassin's Creed looks really interesting because they they had a year off last year. They were like, Do you know what? Because Syndicate didn't get the warmest reception. Yeah. Um, so they're like, Do you know, what? we're going to take a year off. We're going to do what we're doing. Um, and then we'll come back in 2017 with something brand new. And this is what they've done. They have taken it way back to ancient Egypt. Uh, it's where the, it's the start of the Assassin Brotherhood. Right. Um, and uh, it, you know there are some uh, different uh, there are some changes in the game that kind of make it a lot better. Uh, like you can explore underwater. Um, you, like in this, in previous Assassin's Creed games, you can always swim, but you can never go underwater. And obviously in this one, you can. So you can explore underwater wrecks and stuff like that, and find yeah. treasure, which adds a kind of new dimension to the game. Sweet. Also. Instead of eagle vision, you've got an actual eagle, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> big upgrade, big, big upgrade. Oh, yeah. Bird of prey is always an upgrade about. in my book. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it can't go wrong with that, really. So no. you, you can just, you can summon your eagle with um, a, a tap with the directional pad and you'll get a kind of a bird's eye view of your location. You can scout out uh, people that you need to take out, kind of interesting areas and stuff like that. Yeah. But apparently it's quite, uh, I've read some hands-ons from E3 and it's a quite a fiddly mechanic to get used oh, okay. to compared to the uh, eagle vision. They've got a few months to polish it though. Yes, yeah, what I mean, it'll yeah. be fine by the time it comes I would have out. loved to have been in that production meeting. It's like, yeah. what can we do with eagle vision? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Guys, I've got it. <laughs> a real eagle. <laughs> hold the throne <laughs> I mean I think the thing that excites me most about Assassin's Creed Origins is actually just the setting I've never really played many of the Assassin's yeah. Creed games before but an ancient Egypt setting is the sort of thing that makes it go Ooh, I'm Ooh, quite tempted exciting, yeah. it's a bit underexplored in video games they just seem to get the settings game. right like, I, like I'm not a huge fan of the series but like when they did the one that was set in like um, New England like mm. at like, the turn of like that um, time when there was all the like the ships coming in and I saw the trailer and I was like yeah I'm in yeah. I'm into this like yeah. this looks great this yeah. looks like somewhere that I want to go yeah they've kind of taken the best bits from all the previous um, games and kind of molded them into this so it's like it's the biggest map they've ever had and the most varied right. map they've had so they've got you've got kind of you've got oceans where you can do all the kind of ship sailing you can have yeah. battles on the oceans you can have battles underwater Nice. Which I'm really interested to see how that. The only plays thing out. is, like with Assassin's Creed, a lot of the game tends to be like running along rooftops and stuff. Whereas, yeah. like ancient Egypt, what you yeah, got, like, they, one they've story yeah. quite different in this yeah. one. There's, there's not loads running of really tall buildings. <laughs> they do, they do show them sliding down a pyramid in the course. Trailer, so that will happen. <laughs> I'd be do. disappointed if they did it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be better than the Tom Cruise mummy vehicle. Whatever. Yeah. Happens. yeah. Um, is there anything? non-Nintendo before I steer your ship that uh, way. Yes, yes, I can talk about some other non-Nintendo things before I just Nintendo all over the place. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> uh, Anthem is one of my other big highlights uh, f- of this year. So, um, 
So this is a newly announced game from Bioware, who are the uh, the best known for RPGs. So they made the Mass Effect and Dragon Age games, yeah, uh, and also the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic series. Oh, that's a good game. Yeah. So this is basically Bioware doing Destiny. So uh, Destiny came out a couple of years ago, and we got Destiny Two this year. Yeah. Uh, sort of pioneered what's now becoming a genre in its own right, which is the sort of MMO FPS. So it's sort of online multiplayer shooter that fuses the sort of action elements of a shooter with some sort of light role-playing elements and sort of character progression, leveling up, gear, loot, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Anthem is basically in that line. It's not a first-person shooter. It's actually third-person, but it's the same kind of like sci-fi setting. You play online. You sort of control these exosuits that you can upgrade and that determines your abilities, but you can also have different ones. So you sort of build a collection of different suits. So it seems like you don't have to commit as much to i'm this character these are my powers forever and ever you yeah. sort of have build up a selection of different kits you can say right today i want to play as a tank and you don't even <laughs> play that but then you can be like i can play as the same character the next day and i want to be sort of more like high damage but you know low defenses and you sort of fly around and it's in this sort of sci-fi setting where the last of humanity is sort of trapped in one city kind of thing and you go outside the walls and there's sort of like wild animals and that sort of thing um i i played a lot of destiny a lot a lot a lot of destiny we'll play a lot of destiny 2 when that comes out later this year and then anthem will be late 2018 which will be about when i've run out of destiny 2 to play and i'll be ready to play a lot of anthem and then hopefully a year after that destiny 3 so i'll just continue (laughs) on a nice little loop (laughs) i'm gonna watch your uh, holiday allocation with uh, great interest (laughs) (laughs) so is it nintendo time uh, I think Lewis might have but a couple uh, brief VR. A brief go on, go on, no, no, VR. Just, just hit me with them, hit me with yeah. them. Let's go with the VR. So it's, it's Bethesda. Bethesda is 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 the uh, the place to go for VR this year, even, yeah. apparently. Um, so last year they announced Fallout 4 VR, yeah. um, which was a very exciting concept for those with a HTC Vive, because at that point there wasn't much in the way of games for VR, because it had only been out for a couple of months, and yeah. you know that was the first big AAA game that was going to come to VR. It was all like short experiences before yeah. that, the idea of some like, big, open, you could play... 100 hours in yeah, this. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was very exciting. Then nothing was said for months and months and months, and I just thought it kind of dropped off the radar. But yeah. lo and behold, E3 2017, Fallout 4 VR is coming later on this year, and it's going to be the full Fallout 4 game, so you can explore everywhere that you did on consoles, but in VR, you can, you can use both your hands, because it's HTC Vive, you've got the um, room scale tracking, so you can walk uh, around, wow, yeah, yeah. physically bend down, jump up and down, you know, punch people, all that kind of stuff. You can be able to do that physically, and it'll be emulated in the game. Okay, so then how does that work um, moving around the world? Yeah, that's the uh, teleportation system. Okay. Um, so, so I think this is something they might still be working on. I'm not today, they haven't confirmed what it's going to be yet, but uh, based on kind of hands-on stuff like that, they're saying it's a mix of uh, teleportation, so point and click, and you'll teleport to that location. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are also uh, toying with adding a few exper- um, a, a few um, kind of experimental. Uh, motion systems where you can kind of use the trackpad on the motion controllers to kind say of move that. in a certain direction and stuff like that. I mean, but that the issue is with that is that it can induce motion sickness quite easily. Yeah. <laughs> so that's only for kind of hardcore VR they, users. Because <laughs> this, this is me from a very uh, non-gaming perspective. Would they ever make it like you know like Time Crisis, where you just well, move automatically? No, I can't. I hate hate VR games <laughs> like that on rails. Yeah. I can't stand them. Um, but I mean, you know, some people like them because they, they want the gentle experience in VR. Yeah. But as someone that's, you know, been doing this VR thing for over a year now, I'm ready for the, the AAA kind of explore everywhere, be in it for hours yeah, on end. Just not something that actively makes you chunder. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be sick. That's the main Always thing. up for those experiences. But there was also um, a two new editions this year. So they've also announced Doom VR. 
and Skyrim VR as well. But yeah. Skyrim VR was not announced during Bethesda's press conference. That was announced during Sony's because, rather annoyingly, it's a PlayStation VR exclusive. Oh. Yeah. Which is really, I don't really get that because it seems that the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive have much better hand controlled uh, mm. hand con- uh, mm. controllers and the tracking system's more accurate. So I'm not really sure where they're going with that, but fair play. I think they're going with Sony's giant bank account. Yep, there we go. And volume of potential customers as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly, there are yeah, already more than a million PlayStation VRs out there. So yeah, really impressive. It's, it's a big install base. Um, yeah, I think I think Nintendo Nintendo all over the show. Nintendo time. Yeah, go on. Uh, Mario? Yeah, so uh, new trailer for Super Mario Odyssey, which is the big new Switch Mario platformer. He's, That's, he's in New York now. He, he's in New Donk City. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, he's put a donk on it. Yeah. A donk on it. <laughs> Uh, it, it it looks pretty nuts. So it's coming out in October, late October. Um, the the chief gimmick this time around is uh, hats. It's a hat themed game. Great. So not only Love can you games. access a variety of hats, you can get like a top hat or a sombrero uh, or a yeah. builder's hat, things does like that, or a safari the, uh, hat. Does it turn you into the um, stereotype of each of these? You do gain like different that. abilities based on those, but I don't on the sombrero. <laughs> I've always thought there's not, not enough, there. there's yeah. not enough hat games out there. Oh, no, yeah, but it's a poorly catered <laughs> market. <laughs> it's a it's a niche but important demographic. And Nintendo has attacked the hat the hat sort of theme on, on two fronts. So not only are there multiple hats to get, but when you're using the main Mario hat, yeah, it's now semi sentient. It's got eyes on it, and they're calling it Cappy. It's a bit uh, creepy. Oh, it, it is a bit creepy. You can throw it at enemies. Yeah, and then well, not even just enemies. You can throw it at other things and then possess them. Okay. So what happens there essentially? So Mario say throws his hat at a Goomba, that classic little like brown mushroom enemy, and then you've got a Goomba walking around with a Mario moustache and a Mario cap that you're controlling. Right. Uh, that's sort of odd enough, but they've taken it way beyond just the normal Mario enemies you'd expect, like Goombas and Koopas. You can throw it at the creepy sort of almost realistic-looking humans in New Donk City. <laughs> You can throw it at the yellow taxi cab, so you can be a Mario, a little yellow New York taxi cab with a Mario hat and a moustache. So you can throw it at a dinosaur. You can be a T Rex in a tiny Mario hat. So it's something to me like a massive open world, like you know Mario sixty four. Yeah, it's but it's way more interactive. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, it's going down that kind of big Mario 64, huge worlds. Uh, lots of different they're kind of kingdoms. To it. So there's New Donk City, the realistic one. There's this dinosaur world. There's a Mexican Day of the Dead themed world. And there'll be a few more. The plot is that Bowser is going to marry Princess Peach. And the bosses throughout the game are all of his wedding planners. <laughs> I rate that, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, that's, that's, okay, that's I'm, I'm on board now. Is it's, that not the plot, like, since time immemorial? Yeah. yeah, but now they're really, like, explicitly there's a wedding. Like, Bowser's in a, tu- in a white tuxedo. <laughs> uh, it looks pretty amazing. He's got to ruin his My, my biggest question about this is, so for all these years, have I actually been controlling Mario's hat instead of Mario <laughs> yeah, yeah, in all right. these old <laughs> good games? Nice. Is he just along for the ride? Can he not just take the hat off? Yeah. You know? yeah. Does he have an eagle? I don't think so. <sighs> but I don't that know. Maybe you can, that maybe really you can throw a hat at me. an eagle and control the eagle <laughs> yeah. in a tiny Mario hat. <laughs> Nintendo are probably working on that right now. And this is exclusive to Switch. Exclusive to Switch and out at the end of October. Nice. Uh, that's not the only Mario thing, though. I want some oh, no. brief mention for... <laughs> A real oddity that I'm surprisingly wait, 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 Before you with. do that, Scott, do you know what a rabid is? Yeah. <laughs> I do not. I, neither did I. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is on the way. A, a rabid is, uh, that's with a D rather than a T. Yep. It's a sort of wacky rabbit character that uh, Ubisoft uh, made a few years ago. It was a spin-off from Rayman. And they basically make these sort of very uh, kind of generic and obnoxious party games with them. Yeah. Um, kids, kids love them. They were terrible. Like really annoying rabbit things. <laughs> the kids with like <laughs> yeah. teeth. Uh, but they, they just, uh, yeah, this Mario and Rabbids crossover, which came out of nowhere, seems really odd. It's got stuff like Mario is using a laser gun. Like Mario never uses guns. It's all really weird. And everyone, it was leaked a lot before E3, and the, everyone was sort of looking at this. This is clearly going to be awful. And then they showed the first gameplay footage. And it looks really, really good. Yeah, sometimes these things, they'll just work. So know? it's like a tactical combat thing, which is really unexpected. It's like uh, XCOM or Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. It's like turn-based grid strategy combat oh, right. with like the Mario characters. And like this is like destructible cover system. There's this great like, uh, movement mechanic where your characters can leapfrog each other, which makes like the, it, like the strategy around your team even more important than a lot of those games. Like It could be really good. And I'm just confused by that. I was expecting to hate it, and uh, it's suddenly one of my E3 highlights. Nice. And I don't know why. It's a bold statement. <laughs> um, but the last big Nintendo news is, on two fronts, uh, double whammy of Metroid games. Wham! Which is really exciting, because I haven't played Metroid games in years. So yeah. we've got Metroid Prime 4 in development for the Switch. We know nothing about it except uh, they've shown us a hastily assembled logo yep. uh, and said, it's in development. Um, but then uh, Metroid Samus Returns for the 3DS, uh, which is, I think, a remake of Metroid 2. Is that it's right? It's a remake of the Game Boy game Metroid 2, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but quite like a... Uh, I think they've taken liberties with the remake. It's not... They've added new features. They've oh, got yeah, like a totally. melee counter. Yeah, so like, yeah, the original Game Boy game is called Return of Samus. So yeah. this is just called Samus Returns. But, I mean, they've got a good track record of... Um, Remaking Metroid games and making them like you just completely replayable, even if you know them back to front. Like they did Metroid Zero Mission for the yeah. Game Boy, and that was the original Metroid game just redone. But like, yeah, obviously the 3DS is slightly better than the original Game Boy. Yeah, um, and you got like, yeah tons more controls and stuff. It looks great and 3D graphics. Yeah, looks very cool. And, and the, I think the best surprise about that is no one knew this game was on the way. Yeah, and they revealed it during E3 and said it's coming out in September. Yeah, it's ready. Like, <laughs> three months away, but it's you know 
that's, that's nice that's to so see because uh, would you generally say that E3 this year has been quite a lot of here's another trailer yeah. and that's it yeah lots of trailers and, and lots of them ending with 2018 yeah, yeah. it's the old it's uh, red dead yeah. thing isn't it so yeah. here's some more pictures <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah I don't care <laughs> just give me a demo but overall time. like you, you pleased you guys have been pretty excited all week I mean it's it's been an interesting week there's some good trailers out but in terms of new game announcements I've I, didn't think it was as good as last year. I mean, okay. I don't know if that's controversial yeah. or not. But. Yeah. No, I think I think this this year's felt a bit like it's a consolidation. Loads of stuff was announced last year, and then no news on any of it for twelve months, and it feels like a lot of oh, now here's the actual gameplay footage from that game we gave you a cinematic for last year. Yeah. yeah. But actual new announcement this year have been thin on the ground. Anthem and Beyond Good and Evil Two are the big ones, mm. and then like Metroid Prime Four, but there's not even any footage of that. It really does you know. sound like we just like collectively have to clear our diaries for 2018 because it's going to be yeah. the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's be oh, wait, so Scott game. and Lewis, both PlayStation guys, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or, you Xbox? I've got a PS4 and, and the Nintendo stuff. Okay, yeah. so no one's going to buy the Xbox One X in this room then. No. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, I've Mike. I've got the Pro. <laughs> nice one, Microsoft. Um, well, on that note, uh, Dominic Preston, game or lame? Uh, game Lewis always game and Scott game cool four games brilliant we'll be right back to talk about Uber okay so we all use Uber but it's usually in the news for the wrong reasons and uh, not quite so much as it has been recently am I right Scott Carey yeah in this week's edition of oh what have they done now (laughs) Um, Uber have lost another raft of top executives um, including their very much under fire CEO, Travis Kalanick, who has been sort of clinging on to power um, for the entirety of the year as the company has weathered bad um, PR after bad PR. Um, he's finally decided to take a uh, undisclosed leave of absence, which is um, pretty big news. Um, sort of everything that has happened at Uber has been on his watch and there's been a lot of pressure um, from outside the company and at board level for him to uh, step away and sort of let an adult take charge. Um, but, but also, just on a serious <laughs> note, his, his mum was also tragically yeah, killed. Yeah, I was so. going to say, yeah. So, um, I mean, his his mum um, was killed in an accident um, fairly recently and his dad is also in hospital. So he is um, taking some personal time as well to yeah. sort of um, deal with that. Um, so Doesn't make what he did okay. No, it's always, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a case of terrible timing um, yeah. on, on both fronts for him. But um, it... It will be really interesting now to see how Uber sort of fills the massive personality gap that there is at the top of the company because Kalanick is Uber and everything that's um, sort of happened to Uber is is down to him. The the, the macho, aggressive, bro-ish, do-anything-for-the-sake-of-growth culture is is very much all Kalanick's doing. Um, and now um, they, they really need to try and shift gears. Um, so just for people who aren't quite up to speed... Yeah, go for it. Um, I I think maybe about three months ago, but basically near the beginning of the year, one of their former engineers named Susan Fowler um, wrote a blog post, quite a long blog post about there being like a pervasive um, sexual um, harassment culture at Uber. Um, yeah, we talked about it on the pod. I coming, remember. yeah, coming all the way from the top. Um, she she quit. She went to Stripe, um, the payment startup, and since then um, it, there's been a uh, a report. Uh, overtaken by an independent um, committee uh, looking by Eric Holder, who's the former Attorney General of the US, looking at the um, sort of cultural issues. And um, on Tuesday morning, they um, released to staff 13 pages of recommendations from that report into how they're going to try and deal with um, the the cultural issues that the company has. Um, Easier said than done, obviously, like culture can't be changed overnight. 
Um, but Kalanick stepping away um, is is a big step in that, and who they replace him with will be will be absolutely massive. Because um, in his in his notes to um, to his employees, yeah. that was the sort of distributed. I don't think it was even leaked. Um, he yeah, just I think said, it was an did, open letter. Yeah, he said like people at the top of the company will be taking charge. So are you saying that these people won't hold power and they will actually appoint an interim CEO? I think they'll they'll have to appoint an interim CEO, and it will have to be a fairly big name. It'll have to be someone with a really good track record. Could it be Marissa Mayer? It won't. The timings work, Scott. It would be it would be a phenomenal story, and as a journalist, I want it to happen more than anything. <laughs> so it has crossed your mind. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's been talked about. It's been very much really? talked about. Oh, I was just joking. Um, and, but the thing is, I just, I just don't think she'll do it. I mean, it's it's. Well, she's, after... got, she's got a little bit of cash, so yeah. she's probably fine. She'll she'll go and be a VC somewhere. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, it's it's the biggest poison chalice of all poison chalices, <laughs> and she's already done that at Yahoo. So I'm not sure she wants to do it again. Because um, they they're shedding uh, employees left, right, and centre there, and not not yeah. just, not just in in the ranks, like at the top. Yeah. So I, I think um, twenty people um, have left or been fired. Um, since the the release of um, Susan Fowler's blog post and that includes um, sort of uh, one quarter of their traditional C-suite so they're currently hiring a COO uh, they're currently hiring a new CRO they, they've, they're without a CEO um, they, they've um, shed board members they've shed um, high profile staff basically all of Kalanick's sort of leading advisors within the company uh, which he calls the A-team uh, most of those wow. guys have and they are guys uh, most of those guys have <laughs> left the company as well so um, there, there's been a huge clearing of the boards um, one uh, interesting little tidbit uh, basically um I love this. So there was a all hands meeting at the company on Tuesday uh, intended to bring staff up to date with what the 13 recommendations of the Holder report were in terms of how they're going to try and turn the company around yeah. and get rid of the sort of culture of um, sexism and sexual harassment. Um, during that meeting, um, one of the board members, uh, Mr. Bonderman, who's from TPG Capital, which is a venture capitalist firm, he um, responded to uh, a comment that Ariana Huffington, who's on the board as well, made saying, basically, we need more female people on the board because the more female people you get, the more diversity you get. That's what she said, right? That's what she said. He responded, during an all-hands meeting designed to make sure that there wasn't any sexual, uh, any sexist remarks being made, he said, no, what that will do will end up with more talking. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which was then leaked. Silence to the room, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were people everyone was like absolutely left aghast at this meeting he um, quickly resigned from the board like almost <laughs> almost comically quickly like I think within a couple of hours of the meeting wow. he had resigned from the board and um, apologised and there had been complaints about him made to HR from various people sat in that meeting um, so I mean that just tells you all you need to know about yep. what's happening yep. at Uber like in a meeting designed to stop this from happening, someone makes a sexist remark <laughs> at the board level. So, I mean, that that's the that's the issue they're grappling with here. Yeah, it's just complete in-ground sexism in the... Yeah, the, 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 just the people that they've he surrounded himself with, like you say. Yeah. So is it going to take somebody coming in, or potentially someone who's already there, who can just hire a different breed of people, or have they just mixed in with this wrong crowd? I think I think it's more cultural. So I, I, even Richard Branson was coming out of the woodwork yesterday. He was at an event and someone asked him what he thought about it. And he said that Kalanick should have stepped away years ago. 
mm. um, before this all happened and let and sort of a more experienced um, Silicon Valley CEO take over and let Kalanick do what Kalanick does, which is basically just um, aggressively pursue growth of the company. Yeah. Um, but maybe sort of put, you know, some, some guardrails up for him mm-hmm. um, because it's his company. He never had any guardrails. He did whatever he wanted. Um, as I said earlier, I mean, I literally have no idea who could do this job. But it would it would take um, quite a lot of reorganization of the company. And, and basically they need to put in... The problem with Susan Fowler is that she made multiple complaints about there being sexual harassment while she was at the company. And they were just ignored because there were no HR systems in place. There were no protections for her. Right. Basically, it was if you're the best engineer, if you're a high performer, you get away with more than if you're a low performer or if you're a woman. Like that is exactly Ugh. how the company was set up. So it needs to be completely rebuilt. The systems need to be put in place and they need to be extremely serious about it. Um, the the other thing is like, none of this really seems to affect Uber, the company. I was, just about yeah. to ask, I was just about to ask, are there any numbers on whether or not people are catching fewer Ubers? So there was a, I mean, there was a delete Uber hashtag that did the rounds um, at the beginning of the year when a lot of this was kicking off. Uh, there were other reasons as well, which I can't be bothered to go into, but like other um, bad PR that they've had all year. Yeah. But then, um, I mean, they don't release their figures because they're not a public company. Uh, but uh, most um, most most guys that have gone and looked and tried to get some insight into this have shown that maybe 200,000 people have deleted Uber since. Yeah. Um, probably <laughs> less than half a million tops. And for a company, uh, the size and scale of Uber like that, that really is that not going to dent their top line. No. Um, the drivers don't seem to care because you know they do it for a living. Riders yeah. don't seem to care because there isn't really an alternative, especially in this country. Yeah. Um, I think Lyft are seeing a little bit of a pickup in business in the US because they um, do the same thing essentially, but with slightly more of a social conscience. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't really think that um, outside of sort of tech and business circles, anyone really knows or cares yeah. about um, how badly organized and run a company Uber is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of... Um awareness of its of its problems quite like you say quite localized because it yeah. got it got front page above the fold on the new york times mm. yesterday yesterday which is pretty pretty big but obviously new york and then san francisco as well are uber central as is london but like sometimes like i i, I still meet relatives who don't know what uber is yeah because they, yeah. don't, they don't live in london so yeah. it doesn't really make like like they say like national news sometimes i don't know yeah i'd Especially say he's reading it i don't know yeah i'd say it's an interesting de- uh definition between uber the service and uber the company mm-hmm. um yeah. Yeah. i i think uh like uber the company if it was a publicly traded company it would have definitely seen a na- massive hit to its stock price recently mm. um because that's sort of how that works but actually in terms of usage and public perception i think it pretty much is localized um it's interesting you mentioned the new york times because um it's worth shouting out mike isaac yeah. at the new york times who covers uber um, to a sort of extent which makes me feel exhausted just reading it. Um, he, <laughs> he's tireless. Yeah, he's absolutely tireless. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, he's well worth following on Twitter just to see, like, just to keep up with, like, the ridiculousness that is Uber. And and I'm pretty sure that when he took that beat on, he wouldn't have expected it to be as lively um, a beat mm-hmm. as it is. Um, it basically is a news story every day for him <laughs> in terms of someone leaving or someone saying something absolutely abhorrent. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's his story that was on the, on the front page, obviously. Yeah. Um, and do you think or do you know uh, whether the company was intending to try and go public in, in the coming months and obviously it can't right now yeah but, and it, but he's Kalanick so controlling that he didn't even want to do that he didn't want to I mean he he liked having control of the company 
Um, and he's he's constantly said that he has no intention of taking it public. I, I don't see why they would go public, to be honest. Like they, they've got, they're swimming in cash. Um, people are so willing to invest in it. Um, they're, they're no point anywhere near being profitable which is quite important um, when you want to go public i mean not <laughs> that not that important if you're snapchat who are nowhere near um profitable either and that didn't stop them from going very successfully public um but I, I, yeah i think that's very far off their list of priorities at the moment um it's very much a a turnaround job at the moment in terms of corporate culture and and the way the the company is run um and it won't happen overnight uh, i i don't think Kalinix really helped um, by not putting um, any sort of distinct timings on his on his leave of absence, so he hasn't yeah. really he hasn't really made any recommendations to to, you know, to public knowledge of who should step up. Um, he hasn't put a timeline on it, which basically puts anyone into that job with um, a really unenviable task of basically having a big job to do but not knowing how long they've got to do it. <laughs> um, so They're probably it, not wanting to do it either. But then yeah. again, uh, with the kind of people that we've been seeing coming coming out of the woodwork, is it? Is it just going to be a big bunch of abhorrent men fighting over the CEO role? <laughs> I, I, it, it, it's just like they really, really should hire a woman to this job. Like, and mm, like yeah. they, they would be absolutely insane not to. Um, it's just whether there's a um, a a woman out there that wants to do it, <laughs> a woman out there that has the sort of um, experience. Are you, sure, are, you, are you sure about that though? Do you think if they not hired a woman at this point, is it kind of like a damned if they do, damned if they don't? Because if they do, it's going to be like, well, they've just done that because you know they're all sexist. So yeah, but I if mean, they, they hire are. a man, they're like, you're sexist. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they very much are damned if they do, damned if they don't. I think they'll be slightly less damned if they hire a woman to yeah. do the job. <laughs> less, there you go, guys. Slightly less damned. Yeah, the problem is like there, there really just aren't that many um, sort of very successful female CEOs in, in Silicon Valley. There is one. Is just uh... there is one. <laughs> they just walked off into the sunset with twenty three million dollars. Twenty three million dollars. Yeah. Um, wow. That's a lot of Ubers. That is, that is a lot of Ubers. I'm sure they don't pay for their own Ubers. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's just watch this space. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating uh, for me. Um, what's going to happen over the over the next six months um, of the year for that company? Yeah. Has it stopped you guys using Uber? Do you guys use Uber? Uh, every now and again, I wouldn't say I use it religiously or anything like. It's just if I'm caught out late night, then I'll just grab. Yeah. One. Yeah. I'm. I'm a pretty pretty sporadic user I'm, I'm not sure if i have used one over the past few months but i certainly haven't made a choice not to because this is, of all this, this. this is what annoys me about uber i still it? use uber yeah. and I'll, I'll i'll slag them off left right center yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah no i'm, I'm aware, I'm aware of, <laughs> yeah like i said I'm, I'm completely aware of their wrongdoing but like it's so annoying because it's a really good idea yeah. and if they got it right and had all their you know those Funny things called morals in place, <laughs> but also not with not not, not just with the, the board level and everything that's that's come out in the past few months, but just the way that they treat their drivers is historically yeah. pretty bad, yeah. and it, 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 it it's a great idea. There's Being a, terribly implemented by terrible people. Yeah, there's a really interesting counterpoint, um, and it, it, this don't, this will no, at no point scale to the point that Uber will scale. But basically, in Austin, Texas. Um, a few months ago, uh, Uber and Lyft got banned from the state because they weren't willing to fingerprint their drivers for background checks. So they basically, both those ride hailing companies left the state or left the city, but the city had already got used to ride hailing. And mm -hmm. if anyone's been to Austin, it's got a very um, lively sort of bar culture. So like Lyft um, using ride hailing uh, services became very popular in Austin. Um, so then there were lots of people that were ride-hailing drivers yep. who were suddenly out of work uh, a new company came out of nowhere called ride austin um and 
it, the interesting thing about Rideosin is that it's a non-profit. Um, mm-hmm. So they pay their drivers a lot better than Uber and Lyft. And then anything they make in profit goes to Austin-based charities or infrastructure projects. Um, so that, I think that's a really interesting yeah. model. Uh, the great thing is that now Uber and Lyft are allowed back into Austin because they changed the laws again. They're not actually getting their market share back because the drivers would rather stay with Ride Austin yeah. because they mm-hmm. get a better deal. So I think proving out that model in Austin is really interesting and that might start to scale across the US and maybe into other uh, countries in terms of running it as a non-profit rather than running it as a sort of big corporate machine like Uber yeah. did. Interesting. Thank you very much for the uh, overview. Yeah. We will watch with, uh, what's the word? Interest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's getting, re- it's getting really hot in here. <laughs> Scott Carey, Kalanick or Kalonic? <laughs> Uh, colonic <laughs> Lewis colonic <laughs> it's got to be a colonic what an asshole! <laughs> <laughs> got my big payoff thanks guys for listening thank you uh, Scott and Lewis and Dom and we will be back next week for episode 66 say goodbye guys see ya Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.